podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Dat Coombe Show, Edge Rush. Producer Ollie, we've got to get some kind of Edge Rush kind of jingle going on there, I think. Some kind of intro. What do you think? Don't look at me. I have absolutely no musical capabilities whatsoever. You're the producer of this show. Yeah, but you're, the, you're a DJ, aren't you? I'm a DJ. <laughs> what are we? 1993. Uh, it is Edge Rush in association with Betfred. Good to have you with us. This is where me and producer Ollie pick our favorite looks on the weekend slate gambling style and hey we are coming into this show all with our chests slightly puffed out because the ridiculous bad beat of bad beats on uh monday night football <laughs> notwithstanding we had a pretty good week last week yeah no we did um personally on the prop bet side i went two and one so i'm happy with that lead, lead with that though you love that yeah obviously i'm going to lead with that those are the ones that i go sole, solely focused on and uh yeah i came not out, player, came out not trumps. personally on the no not a team player no so you that did. went well but then we combined very well uh you have to give yourself credit for the titans very happy money line. To the over and the money line didn't we yeah over so. and the money line so we combined yeah. very well there we basically predicted that game exactly as it went. Sadly, not the same with Tampa Bay, Kansas City. That just became below the over-under. But just we did take Tampa Bay plus three and a half, which yeah, was did. a... Uh, we should take full credit the, for that absurd backdoor cover. One of the best backdoor covers of all time. But then that came back to bite us. Just mm. explain to the people what happened on Monday night now. Oh, my God. So the Eagles, Hail married. it wasn't... Okay, so we have the Hail Murray as the prototypical... <laughs> how to execute a brilliant Hail Mary. This was the diametric opposite, the jammiest of Hail Mary conversions I've ever seen. And then they decide to go for two. They go, Why? They Why? Go to, I guess they figure they get the points in the bag then, and then they get... What, two in, field in, goals? Extraordinarily, the onside kick. I mean, God knows. God knows. Maybe it was it just no to sense. wind us up. Maybe it was just... Literally, Literally it just was to wind us up. one of the baddest beats Ever because of course the line well some people got it at six so pushed but it was open at six and a half right so at yeah. best you were pushing if you took it at early doors at six uh, which I did so it wasn't completely horrendous but still maddeningly frustrating but yeah a lot of people nearer the time would have taken it at six and a half and oh yeah oh my god Philly doing it once again utterly pointless but um but. Uh, upsetting a lot of punches. All right, let's get down to business. We've got three games we're picking. We've got your prop bets again. No pressure. Two out of three. Prop O in the house. Uh, we're not very strong on a long shot of the week. I might shade in one. We'll see how I feel later on that. Our act of the week we feel more firmly about as well. So let us start with Titans-Browns. One of the games of the weekend, Ollie. Yeah, 100%. Titans minus five and a half over under 53 and a half. Apart from the Colts, every team the Browns have beaten have had a losing record. I have to say that I think the trends are looking towards the Titans winning this game money line, but I wouldn't say that. I think there's quite a lot of points, minus five and a half, to give the Titans. Because the, the Browns, although, are one and ten against the spread in their last 11 road games. And the question is, Nat, are Cleveland going to be able to stop Derrick Henry? Well, this is it, because Henry seems to get stronger as the season goes on. As well. The last couple of years, he, he gets into his stride, statistically speaking, anyway, in you know, the final quarter of the season. No one seems to be stopping him anyway this year. And he is, they are fast becoming the offense that we saw last year that got him 
to the AFC Championship. No team has fewer giveaways than the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill protecting the ball, the offense collectively protecting the ball once again. Whereas Baker, we know what he is capable of in terms of his erratic propensity for turning over the ball. I guess we know Henry's going to be able to run on them. The question is, can Nick Chubb run on this Titans D? And it's a vaunted Titans run D. But if you drill down a little bit deeper, a lot of their biggest stops have been against inferior running backs to Nick Chubb. And they've actually given up a lot of yardage against elite running backs. And if you think Nick Chubb is in that group, or certainly... Definitely. And at the moment, the Browns Browns are uh, ranked 31 in terms of uh, run versus pass ratio. So in other words, they're running the ball more than almost any other team in the NFL. I couldn't do the maths. So I just <laughs> take, take, my, take my generalist. Any other team, but from all of the NFL. So they were gonna, they're going to lean on the ground again. And there is every chance they'll be able to establish that ground game with Nick Chubb. It's a misleading stat that the Titans uh, are strong on the run D. The question is... And also, is, I was just going to say that, on, uh, continue on from that, there's a case to be made, Nat, that the offensive line for the Browns ranks is the best in the NFL this season. Yep. Joel Batonio leading the unit... Jack Conklin, the man they signed in free agency from the very team they're playing against, he's graded as one of the best run blockers in the league by Pro Football Focus. So every trend, including what you've said, including what I've said, leans towards Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt having a big day. I could see them both going for over 100 yards. Nick Chubb's averaged over 110 yards per game in the last three. This is a slight uh, foreshadowing what's coming in my prop bet. We've already gone heavy on this. (laughs) Already diving in, I can see where you're going. It's a a really good point you make. And you factor in as well. It's not really the strong suit of Tennessee getting a huge, generate a huge amount of pass rush either, right? And kind of disrupting that line too much. So the Titans really in their groove offensively. We talked about this last time out on the show, how people were overreacting, I think, to that game against the Colts a few weeks back, right? And we keyed in very much on the matchup last week and how this offense is, is starting to gel now because they're protecting the ball well. They're getting a lot more productivity from the passing game. That is obviously predicated on being able to set up the play action and Henry doing what he's doing. But AJ Brown is absolutely balling. This stat really jumped out at me, y'all. In the last two years, there are five players in the NFL that have avoided 30 tackles or 30 plus tackles, minimum of 30 tackles avoided. AJ Brown is one of those players. The other four are running backs. He's <laughs> just a beast. You think ridiculous. about a player like him, a player like DK Metcalf. I mean, just so unstoppable physically when they're in their stride. It's just and they're a, in the same mismatch. college, aren't they? My God, what's going on in that? What's in the water in that college? So uh, I really love what this Titans offense is doing. The question and the concern for me here is whether the defense can keep Nick Chubb and to a lesser extent Kareem Hunt in check because the Browns can really lean on that ground game. And for the reasons that we've said, I'm not convinced that Titans run D can stop them to the degree they need to, then I think this might be closer than the line suggests. I would tend to agree with that, Nat, despite the fact that the Browns seemingly can't beat teams with winning records. I still think they have the capability to keep this one close because they're going to be able to hold onto the ball for a long time. Ultimately, they're going to be able to utilize their very, very strong run game to create long drives and not give Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry the amount of time they need to sort of set up a good run and play action game. So mm. I would be tending to lead towards the Cleveland with the points, but I fully expect Titans still to win this game. Money line, definitely. I, 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 we'll flip it. I will probably if shade the Titans against, uh, against the spread there, but don't feel strongly about it. I don't think either of us do on this one, but I'm more 
I'm back in Tannehill over, over Baker ultimately here. I'm, I look at this game and we could look at this in the cold light of day on Monday. Would you be surprised if there have been a handful of Baker turnovers or, or missed opportunities at crucial times? As we said, the Titans protecting the ball better than anybody in the league right now. And so always lean on the cool hand in that respect as opposed to, yeah, the high upside of Baker, but he's erratic. Yeah, no, I think that is... It's going to be a lockdown to Baker Mayfield. I think the one thing that he's got going for him is the fact that he's going to be so well protected. So that's, he will have time. And obviously Jarvis Landry coming off a big week last week. He yeah. will be able to like continue that momentum. But I just don't see him being able to control this game the way that Ryan Tannehill can. And I just think that the, the Browns... It's going to be dependent very much on whether Miles Garrett plays. Let's be honest. If Miles Garrett doesn't play, I mean, we saw what... Mike Glennon did to the Browns last week. So if Miles Garrett plays, then I think the Browns actually have a much better chance and I'll be actually probably leaning towards either spread based of whether he plays or not. I think that's how important he is to this team and to disrupting the play-action game that the Titans rely on. So that's one thing that I think is focal to the result. But the Titans just seem like one of those teams who just get better as the season goes on. So, And it's Cleveland Browns. It's still the Cleveland Browns. Of all the sentences... I least expected to hear this season. It was Mike Glennon went off against the Browns last week. Or we saw what Mike we saw what Mike Glennon did against the Browns last week. Didn't expect to hear that this year, but hey, this season never ceases to amaze us. Don't forget King Derek and the cheek to Tyreek hit double delight with Betfred last weekend. So kudos to those who backed him. I'm looking at you producer role this week Betfred have chosen the Browns Titans and Rams Cardinals another chance for Derek Henry to make Fred pay remember if you back a player to score the first touchdown in the game and he does but then scores a second as well Betfred will double your odds and pay you out in cash how about that singles only bets must be placed prior to kickoff to qualify Betfred rules apply full terms and conditions at betfred.com forward slash promotions you gotta be 18 plus begambleaware.org and of course please gamble responsibly Right, let's get on to our next pick, which we feel, I think, a lot more strongly about. Oh, we do. It's the Arizona LA Rams game. Right, it looks like we are both pretty, pretty certain on the Rams at minus two and a half. The over under is at 47 and a half. Just a couple of stats to get this one set up. The Cardinals started the season five and two against the spread. In their past four games, have gone 0 and four against the spread. Mm-hmm. since Sean McVay was hired in 2017 I know you're not a massive fan of these stats but I think it has um, relevance when you compare the coaching styles of Cliff Kingsbury and Sean McVay so when since Sean McVay basically took over at LA the Rams have gone 6-0 and straight up against Arizona and the Rams are 5-1 and against the spread against teams with a winning record which buys into the exact narrative that we have been banging pretty much what for the past three or four weeks which is when you expect the Rams to have an easy game they make they it look incredibly difficult but when you right. expect them to have a tough game like going away to Arizona they always seem to be able to pull it out of the bag the Rams are everyday people that's like all of us right <laughs> the, yeah. moment, the moment you think something's going to be straightforward it's not and vice versa incidentally just on those stats just to be clear I love the, I love the recent ones right so I love, against the season uh, sorry during the season against the spread it, it's those stats that go back you know, the Steelers in the last 15 years have are eight and three on the road. And it's like, okay, I don't care what happened in 2009. Yeah, yeah. That, that's my point. But yeah, no. So I like and, and appreciate the context there as well. And, and, and good intel that I'm Rams all the way here for all kinds of reasons. The cards 
uh, offense is misfiring 21 and 17 points respectively against Seattle and New England, neither of which are remotely close to this Rams defense. The key there to both of those teams beating Arizona was containing Kyler Murray, right? And he's got the shoulder injury as well that we talked about on the pod with Nicky Bandini on Monday. He's had 10 carries, 46 yards, and just two first downs over the last couple of weeks. And this is a clearly a much stronger all-round defense with the LA Rams. If you look at how Jalen is likely to be put a lot of the time anyway on D-Hop, and you expect him to have a fighting chance of neutralizing D-Hop. And every time that happens, pretty much certainly against a team with the caliber of the Rams, it puts the Cardinals under all kinds of pressure. And I don't think, given the form they're in and the mindset that Kyler Murray's in right now, I don't think he's going to be able to compete, particularly with that Donald Brockers chaos that is up front as well. So this is probably my lock of the week as well, but I love the Rams in this one. Yeah, completely agree. Look, the Cardinals defensive unit has given up an average of north of 27 points per game in its previous four outings. And the worst part of that defense has been the run defense, which considering we saw Akers break out last week against the 49ers with a massive run to set up a goal line score, Henderson and Brown all causing problems as a three. Those guys are a three-headed monster. I see the game being pretty much one on the ground for the Rams and everyone questioning Jared Goff. I don't think he's even going to need to be utilized as much as he has been in recent weeks. Last week, he was throwing the ball a lot more than he'd seen in previous weeks, whereas this game, I think it's going to go about 50-50 rush passing, and I just don't see the Cardinals being able to keep up with the Rams. Yeah, exactly. I think they'll be controlled in the game, and they have to keep that simple. And Goff, like Derek Carr, amongst others, most notably, it's something we talk about all the time, no quarterback likes pressure, although they're all to the seats that enjoy the, enjoy the rush. No quarterback likes pressure. All quarterbacks typically play worse under pressure it's the ones that can keep that marginal as opposed to extreme Goff is an altogether different proposition when he is really really rattled and I don't think the Cardinals are going to necessarily be able to do that because of the nature and the flow of this game so Rams uh, Rams definitely money line uh, I like them as well uh, giving up the points where do you sit on the over under so the Cardinals have gone eight and three to the under this season mm. while the Rams have cashed the under in seven of their previous eight games Right. So those would suggest to back the under. Mm. And also considering that we expect the Cardinals to struggle yeah. on offense against this Rams team. It's one of those, Nat, where I just feel like, although everything's trending towards the under, I just feel like the over might be in play just because these two teams, where they want to be, can Keep put off. up a lot of points. Yeah. And especially Arizona yeah. at home, they tend to do that as well. And I think that Jared Goff and the running game of the Rams might actually have quite a lot of fun this week. And I expect it to be a good game. I expect mm. it to be sort of like a 30-27. I can mm. see it being like that. Well, that's way over then. All right. Well, I, maybe you're leading there. Maybe you talk yourself into it because uh, despite, what do you say, six and five... Well, the Rams, it was over in one of those games, right? And then <laughs> and the cards, three. So you've got, what is that? A 4 and 15 chance. You see, my math's much better there, Old. Much better. Much so better. Much better. 25% chance. Math, Thanks, bud. Uh, pick it up. All right, speaking of which, let's get on to our third game that we want to take a look at. Really fascinating encounter, I think, Buffalo, San Francisco, because as we were talking about before we started recording, before you hit the record button, button uh, uh, producer Old, uh, flip-flopping, across this one um, and which way it might go. San Francisco getting a lot of buzz for what would be an upset win, right? Yeah, so this is an interesting one in terms of where the public money has been going. It's obviously a Monday night game. I've got some fun stats for that, which I'm sure you will laugh at. But basically, 
it opened at two and a half, the Bills being favourite on the road. And despite the fact that San Francisco aren't playing in their own stadium, they're playing in Arizona Stadium. Mm. The majority of the money has been coming in on the 49ers, which has moved it down to effectively a pick on most sites, whether the Bills get the point or 49ers gets the point. It seems to change from um, bookie to bookie. Uh, but currently on Betfred, it's at minus one and a half Buffalo. Mm. And the over-under is at 47 and a half. Um, just purely looking at the research that I've done leading up to this game. Pages, on, pages of research. Pages, pages of research. Hours and hours and hours of research. It's, mm. been, uh, it's been excessive and I, I still have found myself completely confused as to what the result of this game is going to be. Some people are leaning towards Buffalo. Some people are leaning towards San Francisco. I do think this is going to be completely dependent on Josh Allen versus the San Francisco 49ers defense. That is going to be fascinating, isn't it? Whether the Diggs can have one of the games that they paid the big bucks for, right? As you say, with Sherman back, Mostert as well offensively, the 49ers getting stronger all the time. When you think about the fact that 49ers are still in playoff contention, which is... It's unbelievable, really, when you think about the amount of injuries. Now they can't go home for four weeks. And I think it's motivating them. And as they're getting players back, you mentioned Sherman. They've got Moster back, crucial player for them offensively, particularly with Garoppolo out. And I know he has his haters, but he's for me, he, he's a clear upgrade on, on Mullins. I think this is motivating them to the degree where they are going to become, the, the longer they stay in contention, increasingly difficult to beat. You know, And you've got... Bets like Sherman who are going to hype that up as well. I mean, and, and particularly if he's starting to get the better and they're starting to get the better of Allen. It's one of those Josh Allen days where he's misfiring a bit. They can contain him and he can't get his ground game going. I mean, I could, I could easily see a 49ers win here. Yeah, and I think the, one of the key aspects of this game is definitely going to be Raheem Mostert as the Bills' run defense has given up the fourth most rushing yards per game in the league and allowed amongst the most rushing touchdowns. So I think the San Francisco, if they can establish the run early, I think that would be key to this game. Another stat for you now, the Bills are 6-23 and in primetime games since 2000 and have lost oh, nine... No, no, no. Listen to this, listen to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When was the last time the Bills won on a Monday night? 1996. 1999. It's pretty impressive. Wow, that wasn't bad. Yeah, that yeah, was actually yeah. very impressive. How many Monday Night Football games have they played <laughs> since 1999? Uh, they've lost nine Four. straight. Okay, okay. It's I quite a lot of games. I know stat. you don't like those stats, love, but that's nine straight I, Monday nights. What do those stats tell you? I mean, I just don't. <laughs> so they, they've lost all these games historically, and none of those players are currently involved in this game against a, a team of which none of those players on the 49ers were involved in any of those games. You said that, but the last time you questioned one of these stats, mm-hmm. Tom Brady lost in primetime when you said you weren't <laughs> going to buy into any of that. Because he, he, he can't get a good night's sleep or whatever that absurd. Yeah, his, bedtime, his bedtime's too early. <laughs> i got two, two questions for you on this one that we'll get to your prop bets and our ACA of the week. Firstly, which way are you leaning? Secondly, with your stats and the research that you do. Do you have one of those old school printers that is just like churning out pages that are all connected to each other with perforated edges, just with digits and numbers that are just, is that what I can see in the background there? I was born basically the last time the Bills won a Monday night game, so I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and of course, you haven't watched a film before the year 2008 either. No, no, no. Like, Wasn't it black like, and white before then? Ev- <laughs> what we used to do is just phone up and listen to the dialogue being uh, read down, the story being read down the phone, doing pre-moving pictures. Right, which way are you going in this, Oh. Oh, 
That's quite tough, Nat. This one is definitely a really tough one to pick. I am leaning towards the 49ers, I have to say, and that's purely based on the fact that I think sitting at five and six, San Francisco is just one game back of the seventh and final wildcard spot, mm. which I think means that they're going to be well up for this game. And Buffalo can afford to lose it, whereas I don't think San Francisco can. And I don't see Buffalo being able to, although their defense is on the upward trend, I don't see them being able to stop Raheem Mostert and this creative Mm. run offense that Carl Shanahan creates. And I think that means that they're going to get hold of this game early and it's going to put too much pressure on Josh Allen to make a comeback. So I would be leaning towards San Francisco. I'd also be leaning towards the under, purely Mm. based off the fact that I think both of these defenses are trending in the right direction. I don't really have that much faith in Nick Mullins to be able to put up a big game on the passing front. So yeah, I'd be leaning towards the under, I'd be leaning towards San Francisco, but not confident on either. What I loved about that in particular is when you said Nick Mullins, there was a deep sigh just moments after <laughs> saying his name. Nick Mullins versus Mike Glenn, and that's the topic I want to discuss on the pod next week. Uh, but I, um, I'm leaning 49ers here as well. Leaning being the operative word, I don't feel super strong about it, but I might have a look at, a look at the 49ers. Particularly, actually, something that's just occurred to me, that we play this game, after we think the Rams have beaten the Cards. Now, there's a lot of ifs and buts here, but if the Rams beat the Cards, the 49ers are going to believe even more that they can nick one of those wildcard spots, right? So I like, for all the reasons we've said, the momentum that the 49ers have going into this uh, compared to the Bills. They seem to be a team right now that are not trending and rolling as they should. So San Francisco edging it, but yeah, as we've established 11 times, we don't feel strongly about it. Right, things we do feel more strongly about. What are your prop bets? So the one that I'm starting with has to be the most obvious one, to me anyway, which is Nick Chubb over 84 and a half rushing yards. I think you made a case for the fact that the Titans have put in some big performances on the run defense, but at the same time, they haven't come across a offensive line and a running back tandem like the Cleveland Browns have. I think the Cleveland Browns have one of the best rushing attacks in the league in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I expect Nick Chubb to have an absolute day against them. In the last three games, he's gone over 110 yards. Why do they expect him to go even below 100 yards in this game? makes absolutely no sense to me. It is because, as you say, that misreading, I think, maybe that this Tennessee run D because, yes, they've stopped and held a lot of rushing attacks to limited yardage, but they've given up a lot of yards per carry to Dalvin Cook, to James Robinson, to the elite running backs. There is a danger that they will give up some big ground. So I like that matchup for sure. Yeah, all the focus will be on Derrick Henry. He's the star of the running game show right now, but I think people are sleeping on how unbelievable Nick Chubb has been since he returned for his injury. So I see him easily able to go above 84 and a half yards. That is Prop O's lock prop bet of the week. That's quite that is. We should keep. We should keep that. I think we should get some kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, I Let's would, get Nick uh, to do it. I quite like it. Yeah, we could, oh, wow. That'd be unbelievable. Or Joe Mixon. I'm a Joe Mixon fan being a Bengals fan. I'm not sure I could go for a Browns running back, yeah, realistically. As much as I do like Nick Chubb, could we get Joe Mixon or potentially uh, Brandon Allen? <laughs> we could Brandon Allen. We'll put in, what we could do is put in requests for all of them. And if they all come back and they want to do it, we can just do some kind of mashup of all of them doing that. So what a Brandon Island, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb yeah. mashup. Is that oh, what you're saying? Just, yeah, Ooh. exactly. Or oh, we just have we just dropped different ones. So hi, I'm Brandon Allen. This is Propos like Prop Bet of the Week. Or something like that. Is that where <laughs> yeah, is Brandon Allen from? <laughs> just somewhere in America. <laughs> yeah, good shout. Nice save there. Nice save. Thanks, mate. Uh, all right, next up. Yeah, my second one, I know you'll be a fan of considering that he plays for your team and I think that you believe he is one of the brightest young tight ends in the league and that is Mike Gesicki. I think he's going to easily get over 47 and a half receiving yards against the Bengals. Look, 
I backed Devin Ingram to have a big day against the Bengals last week and he had a massive day. So I think he went the over, he hit the over within three minutes of the game. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was, right, an, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was one of the easiest ways to do it. You were like, yeah, he's all, we're already in on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so why wouldn't I go against my beloved Cincinnati Bengals again? Why wouldn't I double down against my own team? I mean, the Bengals have faced a tight end target 23% of the time, which ranks as the fourth most in the NFL. And those targets have been pretty worthwhile as well. They've allowed a league high 65 yards per game to tight ends. And I think that Mike Kosicki, although he has been sharing the load a little bit with Adam Shaheen, I think that's primarily in the end zone though. So I think Mike Kosicki will see a lot of the ball, whether it's Tua or Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing it to him as they try and build drives up the field. So I think that he should cruise to above 47 and a half yards. It, you hit the nail on the head, particularly if Tua's starting. If Tua's starting, yeah. that is an absolute lock for me. If he's not, I still think it's a great shout. But Tua particularly seems to really want to hit, find Gasicki. As a lot of rookie quarterbacks do and young quarterbacks do, the tight end is often the comfort blanket. So I love that. What about number three? Number three, and this is going to come as a surprise to some people, I think, just purely based off the fact of the team that he plays for. Mm. I'm going with Denzel Mims to have over 62 and a half yards against the Las Vegas Raiders for the mighty New York Jets. Mm, the mighty Jets with uh, Adam Gaze, who I think should be the running for coach of the year. <laughs> because oh, yeah, definitely. Because they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. The man's a genius. The man, the man is, is a genius. It's genius. all an act. It's all an act. He's going to rip is. off his mask and it'll be Rex Ryan. Uh, what, uh, what's prompting this one? So I just think the line is a little bit too low. I think Mims has averaged three and a half receptions and 69 yards in his last two outings for the Jets. He's had 200 yards in total over the past three games. He's also being targeted seven and a half times a game, which I think shows just how much the Jets and the awesome Adam Gaze believes in this guy. The combination of Mims and Brashad Perriman has, because I don't think anyone's watching the Jets, I think people are ignoring the fact that what Mims and Brashad Perriman are doing as a wide receiver combo is actually very impressive. Mm. They've got a nice balance of size, speed and strength, which makes them very difficult to guard. And going up against the Raiders who allow 265 yards passing per game, I expect Mims to get at least 65, 70 of those. Okay, love it. Those are your three prop bets of the week. As we said, 66% last time out. Huh? You see, my maths is still rolling strong. It's still rolling strong. So uh, I, uh, I like all three of those, actually. Oh, good work on that. Like we referenced a little bit earlier, we don't feel strongly about a long shot of the week. If anything, Detroit for the, the interim coordinator coach bounce, right? So Daryl Bevel, who, of course, is an offensive mind, might, uh, might try and lay it on the Bears a little bit. Uh, it might be worth it looking at the over there, which is going to be predicted to be quite low. But I like uh, the Lions out of anything, but it's not really a strong week for, for dogs, is it? We do feel a little bit better about our ACA of the week. So this is a three-team money line treble, right? Three teams picking straight up, starting with the Green Bay Packers hosting the Eagles. It's just out of absolute frustration at that Eagles jammy, uh, ridiculous bad beat. Uh, I'm going to double down here and I'm probably going to live to regret it. But no, I think this is Packers all the way. The line is eight and a half, right? Uh, so heavy favorites. We'd have to worry about any of that. It's taking them straight up. I can't see any way. We talked about Philly last time out against Seattle, just mismatched pretty much on every stage uh, on each side of the ball. And I feel similarly about this Green Bay Philly uh, combination as well. It is, uh, yeah, a straightforward win for, for Rodgers and Co. They, they move on. They roll, and uh, that is our first of the three. The other two, equally straightforward, do we think, Cole? No, not quite. And this was the one that I actually picked, which you were not apprehensive about. You were still with me on it, but I think it is definitely the tighter of the three. Mm -hmm. But you know what I say, Nat. 
buy low, sell high. I do. You do say that. You have it on I, t-shirts along with Mike Lennon did whatever he did. <laughs> yeah, did whatever Mike he did Lennon against the Browns. Yeah. So I think everyone's down on the Colts after that bad loss to the Titans. Mm. This is a team that beat the Packers two weeks ago. Mm. And yes, the Texans have been playing well, but without Will Fuller, who's been their best receiver this year, and considering they have no sign of a run game, I don't see even the amazing Deshaun Watson that we've witnessed in recent weeks being able to win this one for Houston. Colts averaged 32 points a game against the bottom 10 ranked defences in the league, which Houston is certainly one of. So I see them being able to put up a lot of points against Houston, and I just don't think that Deshaun will be able to keep up. I think Fuller is the decisive factor, right? Yeah. And clearly what he was getting rolling with, with Fuller and Cooks and, and just the mercurial way he keeps things going on his own, drives going on his own, nothing else is on. But I think that makes them too shorthanded against the Colts team that hasn't regressed suddenly overnight after, well, despite that Titans defeat. So yeah, I'm with you on it. I'm with you on it. I just don't feel as strongly as I do the Packers, but then yeah, no. that, that's probably quite a straightforward thing to say. What is our third one to complete the money line treble? So to complete the money line treble, we have gone against, to all surprises, I'm sure, the Jets. We are going with the Las Vegas Raiders. I actually expect there to be a lot of points in this game because Las Vegas defense is pretty awful. And I don't think Sam Darnold is as bad as a lot of people suggest he is. But I do believe that Adam Gaze is as bad as a lot of people suggest he is. Might be so as a genius. The man is, <laughs> knows exactly what he Well, he's doing. a genius, exactly, which means he wants to lose games, according to yeah. his logic. I mean, yeah. there are teams on his tail. The Bengals are on his tail. Like, they need to lose these games. And I think the Raiders will be able to run all over them with their strong offensive line. I think Derek Cole will be looking to bounce back after an absolute shocker against the Falcons last week. I do, I do expect there to be a lot of points in this game, but I expect mm-hmm. the Raiders to have comfortably most points. Lovely stuff, Al. Uh, that was Edge Rush saluting you, uh, Prop. Oh, we've got lots of pods out at the moment uh, for more NFL chat. Nicky Bandini was on our Monday show. Will Gavin on our weekend preview show. So go and check those out on our feed at the NC show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, for lots of extra content. I kind of went Instagram there, didn't I? <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, for all uh, your uh, social needs all through the week. Lots of extra video and stuff we push out there as well. Uh, many thanks to our partners, Betfred. Appreciate their support as ever. Remember, if you're going to get involved with the action, you've got to be 18 plus. Please gamble responsibly. BeGambleAware.org is the website you need to check out. We're back Monday with the look back at the week 13 action. We'll see you then, gang. Bye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.